complete workup on your blood, a CBC and a Chem 24. The PSA we did for the prostate turned out normal, 0.1 in fact, which is fine. The biopsy was negative. I have a feeling that's not why you asked me to come down here this morning, Joe said. Joe, we found something. The blood test. Doc, old buddy, Joe broke in, his stomach twisting and the back of his arms rashing with chills. It was obvious Kagan was avoiding eye contact. As they say in the movies, give it to me straight, I can take it. The doctor looked up, blinking. There was an endless pause, and Joe could tell the doctor was searching his memory for the proper bedside detente, the appropriate turn of phrase. And for a moment, the chalky taste of Tums in his mouth, stomach smoldering, Joe felt as though he was levitating out of his chair, as though the room were in freefall. We got a positive, Joe, Kagan finally said. Positive on what? HIV? No, no, not HIV. You show positive on acute myelogenous leukemia, the doctor said. Leukemia? Now wait, Joe, slow down. The doctor raised his hand. There's a lot to talk about here. Choices to make. I want you to understand the test results, and I want you to understand the options. Yeah, yeah, let's discuss the options. Joe found himself studying the physician's face. This was a poker game all of a sudden, and Joe could see that the guy across the desk had all the cards. Joe was very possibly the only other kind of professional who understood this profound rush. First of all, the doctor went on, the healthy bone marrow is being replaced by immature white blood cells, and this gradually breaks down the normal production of blood. We still don't know for sure what causes it. Basically, there's two types of leukemia, chronic and acute, and we're leaning toward acute in this case. You're going to feel fine and... Then we might see a little fatigue and uh, some weight loss, fevers and extreme weakness, joint pain. But, Joe, I don't want to dwell on it. What are the odds? Joe interrupted. Pardon me? The odds. Joe said it again, hurling the word at him. You know what I'm talking about, Doc. Joe, I don't really think it's productive at this point to talk about what are my odds. The doctor looked at him for quite a long moment and then said in a cold monotone, Mortality rates for myelogenous leukemia vary from 75 to 85 percent within the first year. Joe let out a breath, almost a sigh of relief, and then glanced over at Kagan and saw that the little man's face had gone ashen white. Joe began to laugh. Not a belly laugh, but something edgier, moodier. The doctor gaped at him. Are you all right? Joe just shook his head, chuckling waving off the diagnosis as though it were some ironic old joke. He rose to his feet and prepared to make his exit. Wait a second, Mr. Joseph, where are you going? We still have a lot to go over. Thanks, Doc, Joe said, heading for the door. Joe, wait. Duty calls, Doc. Doctor rose and started to come around the end of his desk, but it was too late. The Irishman was already halfway down the hall. By noon, Joe had gathered all his research in an old leather portfolio and had laid it on the passenger seat of his Volvo 850. He drove south down Lakeshore Drive to Grand, took Grand to Columbus, then turned south again, descending into the cement catacombs of Lower Wacker Drive. He pulled into an unmarked loading dock and parked. He turned the car off and took one last look at the profile. The client had become known simply as Bigfoot among FBI branch offices across the South and the Midwest for two reasons, his heavy-handed techniques of persuasion and his physical size. Bigfoot was a six-foot-seven brute who weighed nearly 300 pounds. Joe zipped the portfolio closed and got out of the car. 
He went around back to the trunk, dug in his pocket, found his rubber surgical gloves, and slipped them on. Then he opened the trunk and wrestled out another leather case, a satchel about the size of a bread box. Joe slammed the trunk and carried both items across the scarred pavement to a battered metal door embedded in the rampart. The door was marked Stevens Machinery. There was an incinerator to the right of the door. Joe went over to it, lifted the door, and threw in the portfolio. The sparks pulsed white for a moment. Joe let the hatch bang shut, then turned and went over to the service entrance of Stevens Machinery. He entered a dank stairwell and trudged slowly up an iron staircase to the uppermost floor. When he opened the roof door, the wind and daylight slapped him in the face. He went over to the edge of the roof and hunkered down between two trunks of pipe. He opened the satchel. The Galil sniping rifle was broken down and nestled in plastic bubble wrap.